Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, host for a day live here on WYSL to 1 p.m. And we're joined by Andrew Hollister. He's back on the show, folks. Hey, guys. Thank you so much, Kevin. Very, very glad to be back. Glad to be on the show. And sounds like we've got some fun stuff to talk about today. Absolutely. Got a bunch of fun stuff going on. So thanks, everyone, for listening today. Like I said, we're live here on WYSL, so you can give us a call at 866-552-1009. You want to call, talk about what we're talking about, or just say hi to Andrew. Do whatever you want. Uh, Or leave your comments online. We're on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, the Kevin Wilson pages, and the Andrew Hollister page, too. We're live there as well. (laughs) And uh, shout out down the line to our friends over at WACK out in Newark, too. So appreciate y'all listening, wherever you're listening today. Thank you for being here. Now, so, again, Andrew, welcome back. It's been, you, it's been too long. How long has it been? It was like December last time you were on the show? It's been a long time. I'm trying to think. The last time I was on the show, I actually went to the WYSL studio. And oh. it was it was post-COVID-ish. Um, I don't, no such I don't thing remember. as post-COVID. It's, it's, COVID yeah, is forever it's, now. It's, it's forever now, for sure. <laughs> um yeah, it's been a while. I have no idea. Long time. Yeah, right on. So, you know, we got a couple things to talk about today. So we'll talk about, uh, you know, stuff going on over in Europe because you, you've had a, an opportunity to travel a little bit. And some news came out about that recently. Uh, new travel restrictions might be getting imposed on some U.S. citizens. And uh, we'll talk about the Russian ammo ban. And then, of course, we'll talk about, we'll talk about the new governor. I mean, you, we haven't had your opportunity to, to talk about what your thoughts are on Cuomo's resignation and uh, and Governor Hochul and what your your hopes and fears are for her. So so let's start with the, the travel thing first, though. So you had an opportunity to, to be over in, in Europe recently and like your experience with how that went in terms of like traveling and moving around because there's so much weirdness and confusion around that today. Oh yeah, so it was it was very interesting. Um, for those who are listening to the show, you probably don't know this. I had COVID back in April, and so had the antibodies already. Was preparing for a trip to Europe where I'd be passing through a couple of the countries over there, and reached out to each of the ministries of health, looked at the airlines, and most countries at the time. We're saying that if you've had COVID within the last 180 days and proof of a positive COVID test, um, you're good to travel. Their ministries of health say that's that's enough to say you've got the antibodies. They don't think that you're at risk to get COVID with those antibodies. Um, and then partially getting leading up to the trip. It seemed that some countries had maybe changed guidelines, especially here in the United States. Um, Spoiler alert, turns out that's not true. Uh, (laughs) um, So I ended up going ahead, and even though I had COVID, 
um, I went and got the Pfizer vaccine because this trip that I'm going on was very important. Couldn't miss it. Uh, thought that was the only way that I was going to be able to travel. And uh, that was not the case. In fact, uh, it was very much opposite the case. So first leg of the trip, we make it through fine. Um, I don't think we were asked for anything on the first leg of the trip. Um, no COVID test, no COVID vaccine, nothing. Uh, second leg of the trip, entering France, um, they had a ton of confusion at the airport. They didn't know how to read the uh, the test results. Then they freaked out because they thought I was showing them a positive test that I had COVID right there. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, just walk up to them. Oh, yeah, I have COVID. Yeah, here I'm, you go. I'm in your country here, now. Here yeah, yeah. I'm sure they love that. Um, yep. So, so that, was, that was a big mess. But ultimately, at the end of the day, there was confusion about whether or not the vaccine was going to be accepted at all and whether or not a uh, having COVID would be accepted at all. So what they initially, essentially what they wanted was a PCR test, which we didn't have because we were told it wasn't necessary. We had an email from nine o'clock that morning from the airline and the French government saying it wasn't necessary. Uh, at the airport, they seemed to think it was, and they showed us their documentation from the airport. And I was like, yeah, it says right here, this is okay. And they're like, no, 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 you had to have the vaccine, have the test, and have had COVID. And I'm like, I can't, uh, it's unlikely that somebody would have all three of those things. What do you mean? Um, so that turned into, we almost missed the next leg of our flight. It took two and a half hours to get through there. Um, ultimately, did end up getting through. And one of the things that they said as we were going, they're like, oh, it won't matter anyways, because they're not going to check when you land. And so, sure enough, we get to, uh, you know, a different country. Uh, there's no checking of anything at all. Don't bother heads. Yeah, no, nothing. They, they didn't care uh, if you had a vaccine, if you had a PCR test, if you uh, had COVID before. Didn't matter. Um, at the time, the official EU guidelines were... If you had COVID in the last 180 days, you are considered safe, essentially. You can travel as if vaccinated. Well, yeah. then I find out that most of the countries don't accept the vaccine as being vaccinated, which is extremely frustrating because I had gotten vaccinated after already having COVID. I already had the antibodies. Um, for, for that purpose, because that's what people would put out exactly and uh so that was very frustrating because the in the u the eu even has a vaccine certificate that you can get it's like a scannable qr that proves your medical records mm -hmm. um we thought that that would make things helpful they didn't even know how to issue it so oh like it was just like one mess after another after another there's like no clear communication. Everybody had different memos. Um, the main page on some websites was superseded by new information in other parts of the websites that just hadn't been updated on their main page um, for some of the ministries of health. So it was it was just 
a huge tragic mess um long story short i i made it to my destination and back but along the way you know we were on my trip back we we're traveling through a few other countries and those countries did not have their guidelines published clearly and so when we called the airport we just got the oh you're going there and i was like yeah for a layover and they're like it's gonna be really hard they're having a hard time over there. <laughs> like, oh, that's what you love to hear. That's, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. So, so I spent a day trying to get a PCR test because that seemed to be the one thing that countries seem to be universally accepting. Right. Um, to show, like, you're not infected right now. You're fine. And, yeah. yeah, which which is ridiculous because they're like, you need a PCR test 72 hours before flying. Right. And so what happens in those 72 hours? You know, it's 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 just like we just know at one point in time you were good, and that's yeah. it. And then you can fly. A couple of days ago, you know, did you get infected between then? Who knows? You know, that's. Meanwhile, I'm trotting around in a city with like four million people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, um, so here's here's what the biggest surprise was for me. I get to my last leg of the journey where I'm now going to be entering the United States. I'm given a form that I had to fill out to enter the country. And this form gives me a list of the ways that I can enter the country. One of them is a PCR test within the last 72 hours. Another one is that I had COVID not in the last 180 days, but that I had COVID in the last 90 days. That's it. All right. So that's it. No, you nope. can't be like I had the yep. Moderna so, vaccine. I had the Pfizer nope. vaccine. So, so we had the vaccine cards, and yeah. asked, said, "Oh, does the vaccine count?" And we were told very specifically, "No, you cannot enter the United States if you're vaccinated without a PCR test or have had COVID in the last ninety days." Why? So, Why, so here we are. It's so bizarre. Here, yeah. So the United States government does not recognize any of the vaccines at all for entry into the country. You either have to have had COVID in the last 90 days or have a PCR test in the last 72 hours. So yeah, that, there we are. Yeah. Can't, can't quite understand that because I th- these are vaccines that are well. I mean, they, they weren't FDA approved by the time you were there, but you know, they still had emergency use authorization. The CDC is promoting these things. And then they keep doing things like this to undermine yep. faith in the vaccine. But say, oh, yeah, this doesn't actually work to get in the country. Are you kidding me? All right. So, folks, we have to head to a break now. But again, we're joined here today by Andrew Hollister. Andrew Hollister on a free solution. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Give us a call if you want to participate in the discussion. 866-552-1009. Be back in a few minutes. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe 
safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to a free solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for a day, joined by Andrew Hollister, joining hey me guys, today. How's it going? Yeah. So we're he's back, not back in studio because doing remotes easier. As much as we missed the WYSL studio and could totally go there, but we're talking about the travel situation, and yeah, it kind of blew my mind that going into the United States and not accepting like vaccinations as travel requirements but but the the u.s government's been so weird about all that stuff anyway like you know like places that are still masking up the cdc saying like even if you're vaccinated you still got to be masked even though the vaccines like objectively seem to work pretty well they keep undermining their case uh but in kind of related news to that well directly related news the eu now uh says that the the u.s is off its safe travel risk uh, list that they're they're bringing back travel restrictions for folks. So it, it, this means a lot less than you think it is. I have a few friends who are planning to go to vacation in Greece in like two weeks, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, what's what's going on?" Uh, I'm sure, but uh, and, I, and I have other friends who are going to planning on traveling like a little bit later in the year, and this means a lot less than you think it does because Europe, is, the European Union isn't actually a country. Remember, they just kind of. They have a few actual regulations, but most of the stuff like this is like, well, we think you should do this thing, uh, but all the countries can just be like, yeah, but we're not going to. Or maybe they're stricter, whatever. So, like, it doesn't matter as much as you think it does. Remember, these are, like, more independent states. Yeah, and I would say when I traveled, for example, um, some of the countries were a lot less restrictive and others were fairly restrictive. Um, one country that I went to was difficult to get into, (laughs) I'll say, uh, we made it work. We had the plan. It was successful. Um, but other countries, they, they didn't really care. So it's, it's probably going to be along the same lines. Um, I actually did get a text message from a listener about an experience their friend had flying to Dubai. Um, the COVID rules changed while they were in the air. Oh, no. And they changed the number of hours that you needed a, a test from down to 48 hours prior. And it wasn't required when they took off, but it oh, was my. when they landed. And so they actually almost didn't let the flight land and almost turned the flight around because Holy it cow. changed. So, you know, some of this stuff can change. But like, literally... When when we were in Europe, the guidelines changed, and they did change during one of our flights. But the thing was, the change wasn't supposed to be effective till the next week. This is part of why I had an issue. The change wasn't supposed to take effect till the following week, but the airport had decided that those regulations were going to take effect that day. It was like they got the memo and didn't read that these guidelines aren't in effect yet. Right. I mean, just 
always beware the arbitrary power of bureaucrats who are happy to ruin your day. Yeah. That um, <laughs> if they decide that's what the rules are and they're empowered to do so, well, you know, I guess you're you're stuck. Good luck, mm-hmm. or yeah. they'll force quarantine you or yeah. something. Which you know, I'm glad that didn't happen to you. They uh, won't catch me. They would catch you. He's like, all right. Catch me. Well, I'm in good shape. I'm going to just yeah, spread yeah, this just, way. Just, yeah. Now, I will say, though, going to the PCR testing site that we went to was a little eerie. You know, and I, I've seen they look kind of like this here in the U.S. too. But, you know, you show up to, like, the underpass of a bridge that's all, like, fenced off with, like, this tall fencing and just shipping containers that have been converted into testing sites. And, uh, you know, a person comes out in, like, full gown, cap, gloves, face mask, and, you know, uh, calling out people in a different language to come get their test and everything is, I don't know. It it just looked real, I don't know. Yeah, I... I've had to do like just like one test. I did well, actually, no. I did. I had to do two tests. One was at a Rite Aid drive-through, which was fine. The other one was at the the one over at uh, like MCC in in Monroe County. And that one's like it, that one's a bit weird because you got the, you know, the the whole white tent temporary setup thing, full gown folks, and then like you have the radio on and they have this like weird repeating message that you know tells you to keep your windows rolled up and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's. No, uh, I imagine like going under a bridge into like a shipping container where people are yelling at you is is a it's a whole different look. Yeah, just just didn't look like you're going to get a COVID test. <laughs> you know, I don't like, know. All right, this is where I disappear. Great. Yep, yep. That's that's <laughs> definitely. And you're sitting there and you're like, okay, they got all this fence and stuff around. Like, if you test positive, they're just gonna black bag you and grab you or what? <laughs> yeah, we'll just. I know. No, what they do? Just hose you down, put a mask on you, spirit your way somewhere. That's... Somewhere, I don't know. Yeah, um, but so so now, like the EU has these rules and everything. The U.S., for what it's worth, hasn't bothered lifting the restrictions either. Because I mean, for the same thing you talked about, despite the fact that like we do have pretty good data that the vaccines work like fairly well, and the CDC and the FDA are promoting these. The U.S. is still like, oh, yeah, no, even if you're vaccinated, you can't come travel here unless you're a U.S. citizen coming back. And and even then, apparently, it's a, a thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, Canada opened up their borders, so we you know, we can go there, but Canadians can't come visit the U.S., um, which I know is causing some economic problems still. And it, it doesn't make any sense to me, again, that we wouldn't open up travel because at this point, you know, there, there's – the United States is so big. There's so much, like – different levels of covid throughout the united states we don't restrict travel between states i know there's talk of that early days in the pandemic but we don't restrict travel between states so why bother restrict travel between you know new york and niagara falls canada like at this point like why bother well you know kevin we have this thing um you may have heard of it but it doesn't show up too often in the mainstream media and that's science uh, people claim science all the time, but I was told to believe you know, the science, whatever that yeah, is. I yeah, think the science is whatever uh, Joe Biden says this week. Decides it this week, yeah, for sure. So that's that's exactly what we have. We have people that are just um, bending to the will of people's emotions and feelings instead of looking at actual science and saying, okay, we understand how immunity works. We understand how vaccines work. The Pfizer vaccine is FDA approved now. 
And, you know, that, that for a lot of people is a big deal. I personally, especially after having COVID, um, didn't want to get the vaccine until I knew it was FDA approved. Not that I put a whole lot of stock and weight into the FDA, but it was just a little bit better than, hey, yeah, by emergency order, it's okay. Um, so that that being the case, we are still operating on fear, and we're operating on political agenda. And while that's happening, while people are busy ignoring science, we're we're causing a lot of economic hardship. And I went to Niagara Falls, I want to say maybe two months ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. There was like two restaurants open. Yeah. Like, and, and they, they like closed at like 8 p.m. The place was a ghost town. There, there wasn't even trash in the streets because there was nobody there to litter. <laughs> like, it was, just, it was just bad. Oh, thank goodness. We finally cleaned up the streets. We, we finally cleaned up the folks. streets. You know, all it took was to shut down, like, every business and tell everybody to go home. <laughs> um, so I, I think that this is something that people need to, uh, you know, kind of sit there and evaluate. The science is out there. We understand how viruses work. We know how antibodies work. We know how vaccines work. It, you can be pretty safe. As somebody yeah. who actually had COVID, got through that as well. Um, it, it and everybody's gonna you know deal with it differently. But I, I do think it's it's pretty safe. And at this point, it's just politics and fear. Yeah, right. Like we we have the tools to combat this at this yep. point, right? Like we okay, fine. Let's like make sense of this and, and i and i will get to a comment too chris Olinsky says that like they, there's some travel restrictions between the mainland and hawaii i know hawaii had they're they're getting a bit grumpy with like unvaccinated folks coming over and they're worried about infection there uh i think hawaii is kind of a special case though most states there's not travel restrictions um but yeah like we, why like it's the some folks want to live their life in fear so much that, you know, even if you've already had COVID and again, it provides pretty good immunity if you do that. Even if you've already been vaccinated, provides really good immunity against that. They still don't want to get life back to some semblance of normal, despite all of the evidence to suggest that we can absolutely do that in most cases. And then there's still some high risk folks and maybe they need to be treated a bit differently. But you can take precautions, take responsibility for your own life in that regard. All right. So, again, Kevin Wilson hosting today, joined by Andrew Hollister back on the show. Thanks again for listening today. If you want to participate in the discussion, give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back with more on A Free Solution in just a few minutes. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there. 
are hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. Kevin Wilson, your host for today, joined by Andrew Hollister. And, of course, we're live here on WYSL until 1 p.m. That means that you, the listener, can call in and participate in the discussion. 866-552-1009 or 585-346-3000. Either one of those numbers works. And shout out to our friends listening over at WACK out in Newark a little bit later today. And our friends listening online on Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, the Kevin Wilson pages, and the Andrew Hollister page today. I know we have a lot of friends out there listening today who are glad to see you back, Andrew. Our friend Led saying, hey. Uh, Steven saying, welcome back, Andrew. Uh, Chris Olinsky saying, uh, good to see you guys again. And uh, and uh, Lyra saying, dang, Andrew, where have you been? <laughs> All over. I've <laughs> been all over. And, and thank you, everybody, for the warm welcome. It feels really good to be back. Um, and man, we've just got so much to talk about. So Yeah, and we did get a, a listener question, too, or kind of a listener topic suggestion from Larry saying, uh, talk about mandates. I mean, it's not very specific. There's a lot of mandates, but, you know, we'll, we'll take a stab at that for you. Yeah, Andrew, yeah talk I, about I, mandates. I'm, mandates. Okay, uh, they're bad. <laughs> They're bad. Um, Thank I, you, Andrew, for your opinion. This is why yeah, we this... bring you back on. Yeah, yeah. Concise, Short, right to the, the point. point. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm guessing since we were talking about vaccines and COVID, probably we're talking about vaccine mandates. Um, and I think specifically the, the first thing I want to touch instead of government mandates is employer mandates because that's been going on locally. I know there was a protest, I think it was last week or the week before, at one of the hospitals um, about medical staff being required to get the vaccine. You know what I'm talking about? I think Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's U some stuff R. going on at uh, like a U of R and whatnot. Um, so yeah. I, I think one of the questions that I hear very often is, is it okay for my employer to mandate um, certain aspects of my health as a condition of employment? And should the government get involved in that or not? And I, I guess the the first thing is, I don't think the government should tell the employer at all what the employer should be mandating. I, I think that's between the employer and the employee. Um, but I, I will say that with every job, there's different levels of risk. And with those levels of risk, employers will set up um, we can call mandates, guidelines. Some are required, some are recommended. Um, I'll, I'll give a really good example. I used to do a lot of work in medical. One of the things that we had to check when people were applying for a job is if they were allergic to latex. Because guess what? They'd be in contact with latex about eight hours a day. And that didn't mean they couldn't have the job. But that meant that they absolutely needed to know before, right. you know, and That's then some it, something you do have to disclose about your medical history because it, it becomes important to the job. 
It does. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing. If your employment is a private agreement between you and your employer, if your employer thinks that something needs to be done for you to safely complete your job, that, that's a private agreement between you and your employer. Your employer can technically say this job is not safe um, if you don't wear a hard hat. And if you won't wear a hard hat on the construction site, you can't work here anymore. Um, where that extends into your private medical health is where it gets a little questionable. But I will say throughout the, the pandemic, something that happened to my company a couple times is we had to shut down a few times. We had to shut down a few times because we had to get everybody tested just to be sure. Now, thankfully, each time we closed down, nobody had COVID. Um, but also, we lost weeks and weeks of revenue as a company. Um, thankfully, we were still able to provide some of our services remotely. But it really, really damaged uh, sales for the year. And I know that happened to so many other companies. So it, when it comes to something that can shut down your company, impact the health of other employees... I think it's fair to say that you need to have some sort of policy as an employer that you agree on with your employees for everybody's safety. And that's just like if you have a fever, don't come into work. That's just general courtesy. Right. Um, yeah, I think like culturally that's changed a bunch now, right? Like it has. You know, like yeah. my, my at where I work, we go into the office, you know, a few days a week uh, still. But yeah, if you come in and like you're coughing and sneezing, we're going to be like, what the heck are you doing here? Get out of the office. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So are some employers requiring a vaccine mandate? It, it seems like that's happening or it's being talked about. And at the end of the day, who am I to tell the employer that if they feel that that's the only way that they can safely service their customers, keep their business open and keep their other employees safe, who am I to tell them? that they can't do that. Who is the government to tell them they can't do that? Now, from the same token, I don't think the government has any authority to tell us how to do that, to tell any private citizen or you know private company how to run things. Um, I don't think that's the government's place. I think the government's place is to provide information and guidelines based on science and not political agenda and say pretty clearly, hey, here's the data that we've found. This is what we recommend. This is what we think is best. Take this information, citizen. We think you know best for yourself, your family, your employment. Take this information. You make the guidelines for your life. Now, that's mighty reasonable. <laughs> now, is anyone <laughs> going to do that? No, no, well, of course not. Well, of course, but, of course not. But I, I know that there are companies that are not asking for vaccine status from their employees. Instead, they're asking them to just follow company guidelines, which are if you've got symptoms, you got a fever, you're not feeling well, don't bring it to work. It's, yeah. it's a simple thing. It's, it's very simple. And I think a lot of people are doing that very effectively. And nobody wants to be the person that's the reason that their office closed down. So there's mm -hmm. social pressure involved as well that's kind of keeping people in check, keeping people honest. Um, are people still going to break the rules? Absolutely. But hey, guess what? They're going to break those rules and guidelines regardless 
It's it's already happening. It has been happening. You know, so yeah. the government mandating it doesn't change anything. People are still going to get around it. People are going to still do their thing or misunderstand stuff, whatever. Yeah, like it, it makes sense. Like depending on the risk of your industry, you know, what requirements you have of employees regarding sickness, previous immunities, all that stuff. Yeah, keep the keep the state out of it. Yeah, no, hundred hundred percent. Government can provide information, hopefully non biased scientific information. It's an asterisk next to hopefully. Uh, but but that that's that should be the government's purpose in this situation. The government shouldn't be involved in restricting travel. Um, government shouldn't be involved in telling private companies how they can and cannot employ their employees, what health requirements their employees need to have to come to work. Um, that that's a terrible slippery slippery slope. We gotta stay out of that. Yeah, uh, that that's the hope. So yeah, no, that's that's interesting. And again, you you you've had to deal with this as a, an employer yourself. So this isn't like abstract for you. You've had to like work with your employees to make these decisions, and I'm sure like many of the other folks have too. So yeah, keep the government out of it. Uh, let let work organizations make their own, and and you guys will have to hash that out on your own. You know, if you're because I know there's there's folks who don't like those requirements that are coming down from private stuff, but you know you do have a. Mandates are coming down from now Governor Hochul uh, on schools and things like mm-hmm. that. And, and I think it, what, what, what could be better, too, is make sure you provide plenty of alternatives, right? Like, okay, like, yep. you know, we want you to be vaccinated or, you know, wear a mask or get a test or like you have like a, a few other options uh, to consider because you have to consider the safety of other people and being able to run a business, right? So, like, yeah, if you're, you're shut down for a couple of weeks because – Either your employees are sick or you're worried that you're going to get your customers sick and that, you know, can create a whole bunch of other problems. Then, yeah, that, that's a thing. That's that's a financial private incentive to, like, want to do things to control that. Yeah, and I would say if you look at any business that operated through the pandemic, they found a way to do it. And most of them weren't specifically following government guidelines. They came up with their own way to keep people safe. You know, they they came up with work to home. They came up with um, using plexiglass dividers, doing more delivery Turns out it didn't work super great, but, you know, it it made sense for the time. It it made sense, absolutely. Um, Breweries and distilleries came up with their own way to make sanitizer when there was a shortage. Yeah. All, All of these things came about from private industry. Yeah, when you let people have freedom and do their own thing, they can be creative and find new solutions that the government can't think of, no matter how much uh, they take of our money. All right, so thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Again, Kevin Wilson knows for today. Andrew Hollister with us today. Hopefully, he'll be with us many more days in the future, too. We'll be back in a few minutes. Give us a call if you want to participate, 866-552-1009.
Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Andrew Hollister. Chatting about a few different things. We were talking mandates in the last section. But we, we want to see if we can hit like a few quick topics uh, in this last section, see if we can wrap them all up quick. Uh, so let's talk about the, the Russian ammo ban real quick. Why are we banning ammo? No Great good. question. We've already got a shortage. What, what's going on here? I so it, we did this with weapons not so terribly long ago, ten years ago maybe something like that. We started banning the import of firearms from Russia. Um, guess what? Everybody's got them. <laughs> it's, yeah. They still find their way in. You know, um, the. The whole idea that this was to get back at some activist who got poisoned. Yeah, it was uh, Alexei Navalny, who's an activist who made some like really interesting videos showing like the deep corruption with Putin's government. Uh, and then he got poisoned. They put some poison in his underwear. Um, the, the story is wild. Uh, and I'll, I'll post a link to uh, the, the story in, in the comments if any of the listeners want to uh, – check out what i'm talking about but basically like it was it was uh sanctions to do that and and what he said is is like why are you why are you doing that he said there's no need to apply sanctions on russia this is quoting him now for now all sanctions were tailored to avoid almost all significant participants in putin's gangster gang you want evidence name one real evildoer who suffered the airplanes the yachts the billions and western banks everything is in its place so he's like this this ban doesn't actually hurt any of the people it's supposedly targeting yeah uh, and that's not like a big big gdp export for them or <laughs> anything no. like that it's just it's... yeah now i mean if you've ever used russian ammo it, it kind of it stinks it, it's Sucks, terrible yeah. and it will make your gun so dirty yeah. um but people like to buy it and it, it provides like some relief valve with with rising ammo prices and scarcity mm-hmm. In the yep. U.S., so this is this is something that's it's. I feel like it's more a, meant to be a ding at gun owners than it is at Russia. Just kind of a twofer, and it accomplishes like neither thing. Yeah, yeah, and I I would agree. When I when I was like reading about this, hearing about it, the whole thing, I was like, this is like good anti-second amendment thing this doesn't have to do with an activist like they're just trying to make less ammunition available this this doesn't hurt anybody but the average guy who wants to go to the range shoot some cheap ammo and gum up his gun 
that, that's, yeah. that's about it. Like, so I mean, kind of doing that guy a favor in some senses, but you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you if what, you want to put in the work to clean it up every time, that's your business. Like, you have a right to do that. I know some guys, they, they like shooting that stuff, and they they like cleaning it, too. They, they'll explain to you the whole everything and how they do it, and they think it's just as good as anything else. I disagree a little bit, but, hey, yeah. if they enjoy it, that's, that's all that matters. Let them spend their money how they want to spend it. Yeah. All right, so... We'll move on to the next one just because we wanted to hit a couple other topics here, and we'll we'll hit one of these user questions here from uh, Matthew who says, who from the Libertarian Party is going to run for governor this time around? It may be the best opportunity of the party to actually win that office. Agree? So it's a great question. I don't know yet. It's a little yeah. early to know. Nobody's announced that I'm aware of. Um I, I I heard rumor maybe somebody's testing the water, but I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I suspect Larry may run again, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, nope. Nobody's committed yet, no publicly, anyways. Yeah. Um, and whether or not this is a good time for the Libertarian Party to win, could be. The requirements that New York State put in that Cuomo and his committee put in for campaign finance are going to make it really hard for libertarians to get on the ballot this time. It's going to be extraordinarily difficult because now we got to get petitions in February, I think. And the number of petitions we got to get is just huge. So this is something that we're going to have to work really, really hard for. Yeah, I mean, if you're a listener out there and you're you're like you're sick of the Republicans and Democrats and you want to, uh, you know, see someone else make a good run at this, like, yeah, it's going to take some work. Like, if if you're serious about it, like, you need to get out there and help collect signatures because it's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of signatures. Getting an independent nominating position through, like, we used to have to get um, uh, fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand, yeah. and really the party would get 45,000 to actually get it through. And yeah, that that's a lot. And you have to pay a lot of people to be able to do it because like in order to collect it in that period of time, it was tough. But last time we did it, when you were on the ballot, yep. we were collecting during the summer Yeah, when there's a bunch of festivals and stuff's open and it's Parades not COVID time and everything. Yep. Yeah. All sorts of like opportunities where a whole bunch of people are going to be outside out and about now it's COVID time. And they moved it up, but uh, yeah, I can't remember if it was like February or March or something. But yeah, it's when it when it's still cold out here. So yeah, getting that on the ballot, it's going to be rough. And and if anyone knows someone who's like also thinking of running, um, they should start building a team like right now. They yeah. and 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 they should come on the show and <laughs> tell me about their campaign because I always need guests. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, it could be an interesting year for it, though. I mean, like, we haven't gotten any of your thoughts in all of the three minutes we have left on uh, what happened with Cuomo, Governor Hochul. Glad it's gone. Glad it's gone. Hope it's not worse. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think that that's how most of us are feeling. Like, all right, like, Cuomo is kind of, like, teetering. You know, maybe uh, maybe we'll get less arbitrary rule from uh, Governor Hochul. But uh, maybe not, too. She doesn't have the emergency powers right now, but she seems to 
be able to find a way to uh, push things through. And the systems that enabled Governor Cuomo's corruption, they ain't gone yet. Exactly. And and that, I think, is really, really important to to think about. I mean, here's the thing. Campaign strategy for her coming up next year is going to be she's now the first woman elected or not elected, the first woman in the governorship. So, of course, the campaign push is going to be elect the first woman to this office. So whoever runs against her, doesn't matter what party, they're going to go up against that. They're going to go up against her service as lieutenant governor, um, which we know a lot of us weren't happy with, but a lot of us weren't happy with Cuomo. And I was really disappointed to see that it had to go this far in our state to get rid of him. We we couldn't get the the people to do this. This guy who uh, has done a lot of bad here in the state. Even to this day, I see people on Twitter standing up for him and saying, "Oh, it, it's a frame job. It's not real." Yeah, and it's like, come on, get a grip, I, get, I, get I, a grip and smell the corruption. Come on, yeah. So every everything that made Cuomo bad is still there. It's still in place. Like Kevin said, all those systems for corruption still exist. So it's it's going to be up to us to drive that change, find somebody who's going to fight fight a good fight against that, and uh, really work on dismantling all of those parts of the system that allow for that corruption to exist. Yeah. And, like, I, I'd love to see Governor Hochul do that. That would be great. If she could do something useful while in office besides, you know, take away our rights, that would be great. Maybe she could I give a couple back. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Well, well, I won't get one free deal. You know, I, I'd take that. I'm not going to hold my breath for it, but yeah, that'd no, be a don't nice do that. surprise. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> no, all right. So, yeah, that's all for the show, folks. Andrew, thanks for being on again. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you to everybody who is listening. Hope to catch you guys again soon. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Uh, Tim will be on tomorrow, and I'll be back on on Friday. Talk to you then.